Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Hello and welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast, where we're listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. This is a sermon entitled, The End, and it originated back on May 24th of 2020. We, of course, invite you to visit our church if you're in the Kansas City area. We're over on 310 Randolph Road in the Northland, just outside of Clay Como. Sunday school starts at 9.30. Regular services begin at 11 every Sunday morning. Please come on by, say hello, and visit us. We'd love to have you. Well, here we go. Let's just pass it right over to Pastor Philip Kuntz. Let's turn to the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word. As we read Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And it says this. If you then were raised with Christ, desire those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. God bless and honor the reading of his word and you may be seated. The last days. The last days. We've heard this phrase so very many times. So very often we hear people talk about the last days. What are the last days? Well, we hear about it so often. I mean, there's been movies about it. There's been books about it. Many, many, many. There have been songs about it. There's been gossip about it. Oh, yeah, gossip about it. People spread rumors about what you're going to see, what's going to happen. Well, I got news for you. It's been the last days for 2,000 years. You've heard people say things about the last days for so long. People say, well, they they said it's the last days, and I don't see any proof of it. I don't know. Well, then you're not looking. It is the last days. It's been the last days since Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. It's been the last days. They've been talking about the last last days for so long. Well, I've been here my whole life, and, and I don't know it hasn't happened yet, so it's not the last days. Well, let's not be silly. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not the last days. Yeah. It is the last days. It is. It is. Now, many people get to wondering. They have concerns of what's going to happen. Some people, mostly, and I'm talking about people of the world, I pray and hope not people who are to say they're Christians, but people get to, the world get to doubting that's ever going to happen. They get to mocking. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've seen it. They get to mocking the end times. They start to, uh, other people start focusing all they ever focus on the end times, the end times, the end times. That's not wise. But only focus on the end times. We're to focus on our life. 
to be prepared for the end times. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Be ready for the end times because no one knows exactly when. We'll talk about that here in a minute too. They get afraid and fearful because of movies, because of things that talk about the end times. And we understand that too. When we hear about things like Revelation and we get afraid of that, we see things like the viruses. We hear about people dying. We see these things and people get afraid. Oh, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. I, I, it's just better to put my head in the sand and pretend it's not ever going to happen. No, it will happen. It's going to happen. I'll be honest with you, as a pastor, even as a Christian, I don't usually like to focus only on revelations. I don't like to talk about a whole, whole lot. I'd rather talk about living for Jesus and loving for Jesus. I'll be truthful about it. I have not spoken about it until now that we're being able to go out again because I did not want to see, first of all, the Lord told me not to be truthful. Second of all, I did not want to seem like one of those people who were only focusing on it because of the COVID-19 situation where we were locked in. Who wanted to focus on the negative when you couldn't get out? Or did you hear that? Doom control. Doom, doom. No, no, no. I didn't want to seem like I was focusing on a Terminator movie when we all were stuck at home and couldn't get out. Oh, man, the pastor told me that we're all now the revelation time. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying today. Just listen. Just listen. Be calm. Be cool. Jesus is with us, and so we have no need to be afraid. For all of those who have asked Jesus Christ to be in your heart, for all of those who are saved by the blood of Jesus, for all of those who have faith and know that Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior, for all of those who have said the prayer of salvation, who know that when you die, you're going to go to heaven, you have no reason to be afraid. For all those who have not said that prayer, you have reason to be afraid. I'm just going to tell you, you have reason to be afraid today. You do. Today's sermon title is The End. The End. Wasn't that a short sermon? No, I'm kidding. That is the title of today's sermon, The End. There are three main beliefs when we talk about the times, or in times, they talk about the tribulation. There's, there's some theories that come up. One is called pre-tribulation. One is called mid-tribulation. One is called post Tribulation. I personally believe in pre-tribulation. That is my belief. That is where I am at. I believe in the pre-tribulation. Some may not. And by the way, if you do not, that's okay. That's when you and the Lord God. It's all right. Nobody knows for certain. Nobody but God knows for certain. Only the Lord God. And so I, I want to say this. It's so very important. Listen to what it says in Matthew 24, verse 36. Concerning the day and the hour, no one knows not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In other words, Jesus is saying, only God. Jesus, who is a full part of God, is telling you, only God knows. Only the Lord God knows. That's so vitally important. And so this is the thing that we need to say. If you have a theory right now of when the Lord Jesus is coming again, and you say, I know I'm right because I'm mid-trib, post-trib, pre-trib, uh, whatever trib, be very, very important that you know not to be dogmatic about it. I'm not dogmatic about saying pre-trib. God knows, and I'm wanting to say this as we get started, only the Lord God knows. That's the most important thing to say. Okay, okay. But there's other prophecies, not just Revelation. There's other prophecies in the Bible, and we're going to talk about a few of those. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Yes, I believe we are in the last times. Absolutely, as I said, the last 2,000 years has been the last days. Listen to this. Does this sound familiar to you? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. And know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves, 
lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, slanderers, unrestrained, fierce despisers of those who are good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Turn away from such people. Yes, yes, yes. These are the last days. Absolutely. She agrees. Okay, so when we look at this uh, at this here pre-tribulation graph that I give to you all, and by the way, anyone who's watching at home, if you really do want one, get a hold of me. I'll send you one. That being said, uh, we look at this here draft, and we can see that something happens right away. We're just going to talk about how Christ, at the beginning of Revelations in chapter 1, uh, talks about the current time. He talks about the current time, and then he talks about all the churches of the current time. And we won't get into all that. We will say this, that he then talks about the time of the rapture. Now, when does that happen? Well, right after uh, chapter 3 is when the rapture is supposed to happen, right after chapter 3. So as soon as chapter 4 begins, that, boom, is when the rapture is supposed to happen. Boom, that is when the rapture is supposed to happen. When the rapture happens, we are supposed to go straight to the Lord God right then, right there, and that is when it is believed that we will be judged. That is when it's believed that we will be judged. Now, when I say we, I'm talking about us believers. We are to be judged, and by judged, this doesn't mean whether you're saved or not saved, because only the saved will go up in the rapture, only the saved. We will be before him, and that is when it will be seen how we served him. We will receive crowns, receive rewards. Now, if that is true, if that is the time when we will be judged, and I believe it is, then we will receive all the gifts of God. That is supposed to be the time that we're to be judged. Now, this is what it says. That it is imminent, ready to take place. Imminent that we will go up in God's time. Not in our time. Not in anyone else's time, but God's time. So the rapture will happen. That says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be forever with the Lord. We'll be with God. We'll be with him. Praise the Lord God. Won't that be a wonderful time when we can be with the Lord? It says in chapter four and five of Revelation, it talks about the time in heaven when we will stand with the Lord God. And yes, it talks about him reading the scroll. It talks all sorts of wonderful things about being in heaven. Can you imagine how it's going to be? Oh, we talk so often about when we get, we just last week, we talked about being in heaven, seeing our loved ones. Hallelujah. Talked about seeing the Lord God standing before him. Oh, hallelujah. So often we talk about being judged. And we've talked about how scary it's going to be. But you're not going to have to be scared. You're not going to have to be scared because it's not going to be the same as the great white throne. We'll get to that here in just a minute. It's not going to be the same as that. When you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, you have nothing, one more time, nothing, and then one more time, nothing to be afraid of because you are saved by the blood and will forever be saved. Nothing can take you out of his hand. Nothing. And then, after that, a few months later, it talks about another time coming up. It's talking about the time of tribulation. This is going to be seven years of tribulation. 
Seven years of tribulation. And so when that time starts, and let's see, where, where did that timeline begin or when did we get that time period? Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. It talks about a week, and this is symbolic. It talks about the first half and the second half. And so therefore that makes uh, three and a half years and three and a half years. So therefore we have seven years of tribulation. And we're going to get into that. But we hear about someone who starts showing himself. And we know about who this is. We've heard of this person before. And this is the Antichrist. Many people love to guess who is the Antichrist going to be. Well, first of all, we don't have to worry about that. We won't be here for that. But God knows who it's going to be. He may not be alive now. We don't know. He could very well be. But he was probably going to be of Roman descent, most likely. He'll be of European descent one way or another. But he's probably going to be of Roman descent. And the Antichrist, the Antichrist will show himself. It says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. It says, little children, it is the last hour, as you have heard, that the Antichrist will come. And he goes on to say, even now there are many Antichrists, talking about little Antichrist, many Antichrists. By this we know that it is the last hour. Talking about people who are against the Lord Jesus, who are complete opposite, but try to appear as if they are of Christ, that they are like Christ. But they're not. And we know that. It talks about this. And we can see, even on this little chart that I have here, there'll be three and a half years there. It's going to be like a new world order. There's going to be a new world order built up. A new world order. It's going to seem like three and a half years of peace. Three and a half years of wonderful peace. Because let me tell you something about the Antichrist. He is going to know how to be smooth in his talking. Going to know how to make it look like he wants the best for everyone. But he's not going to be alone. He's not going to be alone. He's going to have what I think of as the unholy trio. Is that this or is that this? He's going to be a part of the unholy trio. We have, of course, as you know, the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But the unholy trio involves the false prophet. The false prophet is one who, as far as I know, could either be a priest or someone who tries to appear to know about what is correct and religious. I don't know. But it's going to speak for the Antichrist. This is oftentimes what they talk about being the little beast. This is the one that they talk about, the false prophet, speaking for the Antichrist, trying to smooth things over and to talk for the Antichrist. And then there is the Antichrist himself. And the Antichrist is the one also known as the beast. He's known as the beast because he is not working for himself. He's working for Satan himself. Satan, of course, is going to be the head of that trio. He's the one who's going to be in charge of all of that. But the Antichrist is going to be a smooth talker, as is that false prophet. Can you imagine all the things that they can do? They're going to come to all the people talking about how we should be one world order, one religion, one type of money. Everything is going to go so smoothly. All the people together. Oh, can't we all just get along? Can't, oh, that would never happen. That would never happen. Can't we all just be one type of people? Uh, don't don't try to separate anyone. We should all just be together. 
We can see that happening, can't we? Don't we see that all the time? If you're not with us, you're against us. Don't we see that happening all the time? Surely we can see that. Surely we can see it. We see it all the time on the news. People lying and saying that we are all about peace, but in reality, you are, they are all about peace as long as you agree with them. We see that all the time on the news. There are certain times, I won't name any names. I won't say anybody's name. I won't. I won't give any symbols of political things, but I will say this, that if you agree with them, oh, you're a peaceful, loving person. If you disagree with them, oh, you're evil. You're evil. And that's the way it's going to be. You're with them. You're wonderful. You're tremendous. If you're not, oh, you're horrible. And that's how it's going to be. It says that. For the first three and a half years, be tremendous. But then, after that, in fact, for the first three and a half years, it says this. They're going to make peace. On the Mideast, there's going to be peace. They're going to invade Israel. And they're going to do it in the name of peace. Oh, we're here to be with you. We're going to make peace with you. Everything is fine and wonderful. They're going to build over there. Making the temple, making everything wonderful. Tremendous. Peace with everyone. But that's not how it's going to stay. It's not going to stay that way. Because then something else is going to happen. The unholy trio, after they get done causing everyone to the new world order, the one religion and the currency and the Antichrist himself is going to make himself the world ruler. And if you are not with him, you are against him. And so then will come the second half of that seven year. And on that second half will come the mark of the beast. Oh, yes, the mark of the beast. But before we go there, there's a couple other things we need to talk about. When that second half comes, many things will come with it. Yes, there will be a mark of the beast. There will be all those things. There will be the satanic intervention, which is to say that they're going to force you to do what they say or you will die. So we'll get to all of that. But let's talk about, well, I'll go ahead and talk about the mark of the beast. and I'll go back and talk about these other things. The mark of the beast. We've all heard it through our whole lives. We've heard about the mark of the beast. We've heard about 666. We've heard about all these things through all of our lives. Now, let's talk about this. First of all, nowadays, we hear about technology. We hear about things doctors want us to do, and people get scared. And you have every right to be scared. You have every right to, and by the way, I'm proud of you. Proud of you for keeping your eyes open. Proud of you for letting your, your ears go, ooh, what, what? You guys' ears get real big, big as Dumbo, maybe, whenever you hear certain things on the news, you know? You guys get, get real big and say, what was that? I want to hear that. That's good. That's good because that means you're paying attention. I'm real glad that you do that. But you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry because that doesn't mean some of those technologies are the actual mark of the beast. That doesn't mean it's the actual mark of the beast. And let's, let's read right now and see what we're talking about right here. Let's read Revelation chapter 13. Verse 11 through 18. We're going to go back in a minute, but for now let's read this just because we're already talking about it. Revelation chapter 13, verse 11 through 18. Because it's important. And it covers a... It says, Then I saw another beast rising out of the earth, he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast, and his presence causes the earth 
and those who dwell on it to worship the first beast. And we're talking about the false prophet here, and also the the uh, uh, antichrist, whose deadly wound was healed because the uh, antichrist is wounded and appears to come back alive here. He performs great signs, making fire come down from heaven on the earth in sight of men. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by the signs which he was granted to do in the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, both rich and poor, both free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Notice it says on, not in, on. It says on their right hand or on their forehead, so that no one may buy or sell except he who has the mark of the name of the beast or the number of his name, he, excuse me, here is a call for wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. It is the number of a man. His number is 666. So that technology that they're using right now, it is there. It could very well be the same technology that they used then. It may very well not be. They may very, have, very, very well have another technology by that time. But it is not the mark of the beast. Because by that time, first of all, you won't be here. Second of all, when it comes time to do it, they will say, will you take the mark of the beast or will you die? And what will we say? We'll die. No, kill me. Because we know we're choosing Christ, not the Antichrist. So therefore, do not worry about what those doctors say. If they have something for you to take, you can use that. It's okay. You're not going to die and go to hell because you already have Jesus Christ in your heart and you cannot be taken out of his hand. That is not the mark of the beast. Just so you know, just so that you can take a little bit of calm tonight. That is not the mark of the beast. However, the mark of the beast, when it comes, there will be no question. There will be no question. There will be no question that that is the mark of the beast. They will take it or they will be killed for the Lord God. Now, stepping back for just a minute, because we stepped ahead of ourselves a little bit. Back in Revelation chapter 6 and 8, it starts talking about something else. The Lord God starts sending different signs and different judgments on the earth. This is on the second half. This is on the second half of the seven years. This is the three and a half years, the second half. And we're talking about the seven sealed judgments. And I have it written down for you. I did that on your paper because I knew there's no way, with all I have to say, I wanted you to be able to have that to take home. So we have the white horse. Surely you've heard of the white horse. You've probably heard that so many times. There's two white horses they talk about. This white horse is the white horse of deception. Those who are deceived by the Antichrist. The second one is the red horse. This one represents war because peace is removed. Peace is removed because of those people that are following the Antichrist. War comes upon them. The third one is the black horse. The black horse, which is famine. Famine comes upon those who follow the Antichrist and has the mark of the beast. Famine comes upon them. Then there is the pale horse. The pale horse comes upon that terrible time. The pale horse comes. And the pale horse is death. Because of the famine and because of the disease, death comes. The fifth one is martyrs. There will be many who die for God. Many. 
will die for the sake of God. But those people will be with the Lord because they chose to die for God. The next is earthquakes and cosmic signs. Many cosmic things will happen. The seventh one is silence in heaven, and then the trumpets will begin. So then we go to the seven trumpets judgments, excuse me, seven trumpet judgments. What is that? Well, we see it in chapter 8 through 11. We see that there's hell and fire that come down. It says that it's going to burn down the trees and all the green grass is going to be burned up. Now, this very well could be nuclear. It could be nuclear. Very well could be. I don't know. Then it talks about a fiery mountain. I'm assuming a volcano. I don't know. It talks about a fiery mountain falling into the sea. It says it's going to be a sea of blood. It says that all the animals in the food supply is going to die. Or at least a, a good amount of it. And then it talks about a star falling. This could be a meteor or an asteroid. It's going to strike the earth. It's going to be a deep impact. A third of the waters are going to become bitter and become poison. This is all going to happen. It then talks about severe cosmic disturbances as a result of the fallen star. A third of the sun and moon will have been struck, and so therefore there'll be much dust and a lack of plant life. And then, and this one is very scary for many, number five, the abyss will open. Hideous demons will be released to torment for five months, and people will wish themselves to be dead. Then number six, angels are to be released from the Euphrates to set plagues on people and kill a third of the humankind. But the rest will continue to rebel. Can you imagine that? People will continue to rebel against the Lord God. And then the final trumpet is the beginning of the bowl judgments. And even worse things will happen. And as we can see, people continue to go against God. It's a horrible thing to think that people continue to go against the Lord God. Well, then we see that the false prophets and all of them are doing what they do. Take the mark or die. We've already talked about the mark of the beast. We see what the mark of the beast is. We know what the mark of the beast is. Many of the Jews at this point, many of the Jewish people are going to flee. They're going to flee to the mountains. The Jewish people are going to flee. And it says this, and this is a beautiful thing. It says the Jewish people are going to flee, and 144,000 are going to join Jesus, finally. 144,000 are going to join Jesus and be saved. Hallelujah. They're going to be saved. While this happens, we then have the seven bowl judgments. It says that there's going to be 16, excuse me, Revelation 16, angels are going to come out and pour bowls down. And you're going to see what happens. Well, the first one, you're going to see diseases and sores. They're going to be uh, poured upon people. And those will, uh, who bore the mark of the beast, they're going to have all these diseases and sores upon them. And then it's going to be poured into the sea. It'll become blood and everything, this time everything, not just part of it, Everything in the sea will die. Everything. And I know what you might be thinking. Those poor sea creatures, what did they do? Well, they did nothing, but this is what happens because of those who are still on this earth. And so then the third bowl will be into the rivers and the springs, and the water itself will become blood. That's not a sign. The water itself will become blood, and then people will not be able to drink it. The fourth is there will be blood poured on the sun. And it will burn and scorch the people. Then number five, it will be poured on the throne of the beast. 
and its kingdom will be plunged into darkness. And you might say, well, what is the kingdom of the beast? Well, the fact is, there is a temple. You know the temple of the Lord. It has been turned over into the temple. This is so blasphemous. It's been turned into the temple of the beast, the Antichrist. He has put up statues of himself, and people are worshiping the beast there. And so, therefore, what has happened now, what's happened now is they have now uh, poured the bowl upon the throne of the beast, and the kingdom is plunged into darkness, and it says that those who are following him are, are gnawing and gnashing at their own tongues. Then the sixth one is poured on the Euphrates River. It's dried up. It makes, uh, makes way for the kings of the east to come to the unholy trio. And the unholy trio, those demonic spirits, uh, have signs, uh, make signs to the kings of the world. And that's when Armageddon begins. And as Armageddon begins, and Armageddon, the war begins, we get to see this, and it's not happened just yet, but there will be a final bowl of lightning and thunder and earthquakes that will split the uh, city in three parts, like Babylon, the city will be like Babylon. There will be great hailstones, and it says that the hailstones will be like 100 pounds. Can you imagine that? And you guys were complaining last month when hail might have hit your car. There would be no car after that. And yet the people still curse Satan. Can you imagine that? It says that there will be a destruction of the man's religion. We're talking about the Antichrist religion. It says all of this in chapters 17 and 18. All because they blaspheme the temple, the Antichrist and his image, and they worship him. And at that point, there will be the second coming of Jesus. In Revelation 19, we see the second coming of Jesus. And he comes and he brings us who are with him. And we come, and there will be a great battle, and that is when that final bowl will be poured. That is when it will happen. The battle will happen, and there will be no true battle. Why? Why will there not be a true battle? What I mean by that, not that there won't be a battle. I simply mean that God will come down through his son, Jesus Christ, and it says in the great battle, with all the Jews with him, and with all of us, and with all of those with Jesus, that those who stand against them will be wiped out. Yes, they most certainly will be wiped out. Absolutely. It says that Satan will be bound up for a thousand years. And right then and there, we get to see that the Antichrist and also the false prophet will be thrown into the lake of fire. Right then and there. It's going to happen so very quickly. There won't be much of a battle. Because it, they don't have much to it. They can't do much for themselves. But we're going to get to see what happens. There's going to be a millennium, a great millennium for a thousand years. We will live here upon a wonderful earth with the Lord God. It says that there is going to be, uh, yes, us who are saved. It's also going to be some mortal people, those who are saved during the time uh, of the, the time of uh, the millennium. Right before that, those were saved before that, and they will be able to have children. That's going to happen. They'll be able to have children. No, not us. Those who were saved at that last time, they were able to have children. They not, did not die. So they're going to be able to have children. And then it talks about rain and food and all the wonderful things that are going to happen. The animals, yes, there'll be animals here. There'll be people in harmony with them. And all of the adults will be no illness. It'll be all joy. You can find this in Isaiah and Jeremiah. It's going to be perfect. And then after the millennium, after the millennium, for a short time, a very, very, very short time, 
Satan is going to be released. Now, this is questionable. People say, why? Why would God release Satan after all of that? Why would God do it? Here's the reason. Just a moment ago, I told you there are going to be those who have children, right? They have to be tested just like we were. Some will fail. Some will fail. No, you're not going to be tested again. They will be tested. Yeah, little darling, not you, honey. Some will be tested. It won't be you. It won't be you. You will not be tested. You're going to be fine. You're going to be dandy. Do not be afraid of that. But then, after that, that final judgment is going to happen. That one and last final judgment. And this is very important. So listen. Very important. The final judgment. The lost and the devil. This is found in Revelation chapter 20. The lost and the devil will stand before the great white throne. Not you. Not me. I said, not you, not me. We're going to stand before the great white throne. They will, not us. And when they stand before the Lord God and they are judged, they will then be thrown into the lake of fire. And they will be there forever and ever and ever. Then God is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And it is going to be perfect. There will be no more day, no more night. We will praise and serve him and glorify him forever and ever in perfection. Jesus is definitely coming soon. And we can be glad for that. I want to read one last thing to you. And I know, I know, this may take a couple minutes, but I want to finish on this. We need not to be afraid. First of all, when the seven seal judgment comes, that's what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 24. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the seven seal judgment. Also, listen to what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 through 11. It's so important. We can have peace. Listen to what it says. Listen to every single word. Concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need that I write to you. For you know perfectly that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And usually when people hear that, they say, oh, well, he's going to come like a thief in the night. Listen, listen to what it says now. When they say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction will come on them as labor upon women with children, and they shall not escape. But you, brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day should not, excuse me, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are the son, all the sons of light and the sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. But let us be alert and sober for those who sleep, sleep at night. For those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation 
by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we should live together with him. So comfort yourselves together and edify one another just as you are doing. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. We have no reason to be afraid. Usually when people talk about the book of Revelation, when people talk about when Jesus Christ comes back, people get afraid. There's goosebumps that go up and down the arm and people say, oh, I don't like to talk about that because I get afraid. You have no reason to be afraid if you have Jesus Christ in your heart. I am not afraid. I am not afraid because I know where I'm going. I know what I deserve, but I know I'm not going to get what I deserve because Jesus Christ has saved me from my sins. And I say this to you, if you are at home right now and you don't know where you're going to go, you can know today. Yes, you can know that you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be here at those times of turmoil. You don't have to be afraid anymore. You don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I have the Lord Jesus Christ in my heart. You can go with us when we go home with Christ. So no matter what occurs, I know, I know I'm going to be with him and I'm going to come down with him. When that final battle comes, I'm going to say, Lord, come today, come today, come today. And as it says in Revelations chapter 22, verses 20 and 21, as John wrote, he said, He who testifies to these things say, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And amen. And let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, as we come to you, we know. We know that you are with us. We know no matter what occurs, no matter what occurs, we don't have to be afraid because you are in our hearts and we are with you. But Lord, when the day comes, and it will, when the day comes, Lord God, we thank you that you're going to take us with you. But for those who are not prepared, I pray they get prepared. For those, Lord God, who are living like they have forever, Lord, I pray that you make them aware they do not have forever. I pray, Lord God, on this day, we get ourselves lined up and ready to your will and your will alone. In Jesus' holy and precious name, I pray. Amen.